Welcome to the Living the Dream podcast with Curveball. If you believe, you can achieve. Welcome to the Living the Dream with Curveball podcast, a show where I interview guests that teach, motivate, and inspire. Today, I am joined by author Laura Nelson. Laura has 20 years of experience with ministering to kids, teens, and adults. She is also the author of the book, She Rolls of the Bible, where you know you hear a lot about the men of the Bible, where she's going to be talking about the women of the Bible. And I am also going to ask her what is her special inspiration of writing the Bible, writing this book about the women in the Bible. You'll be surprised what that answer is, but I think it's pretty cool. So Laura, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here. Why don't you start off by giving everybody a little bit of background about yourself? Yeah, I would love to. Um, Hi, everyone. Uh, My name is Lauren Nelson, and I am uh, married to a pastor. So we pastor a church here in Tacoma, Washington, um, and we've got two kids. We have a son who's nine, and his name is Noah. And then my daughter, Kaya, is 13. And yeah, I've been doing ministry with my husband um, for over 20 years working with youth groups and with adults as well. So we currently pastor a church that we planted out of another church. Uh, so we planted it about two years ago. So tell us about your book and tell us about that special inspiration that inspired you to write the book. Yeah. So this was, it all started about, well, six years, well, seven years ago, I, you know, I was going through a lot of anxiety and and a lot of depression. Um, I was a mom of two little kids. My kids were real young at that time. And I was really struggling. And my husband, one night, he said, let's pray. Let's ask God if there's anything that he wants to kind of speak to our hearts, you know, that he wants to say to encourage or, or whatever. And so I said, okay, sure. So we prayed and, um, you know, after a couple minutes, he just lifted his head and he said, Lauren, I hear God calling you an author. And I was completely surprised and almost laughed out loud in unbelief (laughs) um, because I'd never been a writer, never um, considered myself doing anything like that. Plus I was in the, in the, you know, throes of anxiety and motherhood, and I could barely put one foot in front of the other. But my husband said, I know it seems impossible, but let's just declare that God can do the impossible. So I did, I declared and I said, okay, God, I'm having a hard time believing this, but I'm going to declare that you can use little old me, uh, to, to do what you're asking me to do it. If that's what you have for me. So God, you can do the impossible. So about a year later. Um, so it was by nothing that I conjured up. I forgot about it. I forgot all about that prayer time. And about a year later, um, I'm driving in the car with my two kids. We're on our way to church, uh, where my husband was associate pastor at the time. And 
during that time at church, actually, we were learning about something called Kairos moments. And a Kairos moment is when God intervenes in your day and speaks to your heart. And you just know, like, it, you're supposed to pay attention. Like, that's a Kairos moment. So we were learning when that happens, when God kind of strikes us with something we're supposed to pay attention to, we're supposed to ask two questions. What is God saying to me? And what am I going to do about it? So for me, that was something that we'd been learning a lot about in church. And so we're on our way to church that day. My, my daughter's in the back seat with my son. She was seven years old at the time. And she says, mom, can I ask you a question? And I said, yeah, of course you ask me lots of questions. And she said, why, are, why are boys more important than girls? And I was completely shocked by her question. And I said, what do you mean? Why would you ask that? And she said, well, it just seems like God thinks that boys are more important than girls because all we ever learn about in church are boys. And her question really struck me. So I knew it was a Kairos moment. I knew it was God trying to get my attention. And so I had to ask myself that question. Okay, God, what are you saying to me? And what am I going to do about it? And so I thought, well, this is kind of simple. I'll just Google a book and, and buy her a book about the women of the Bible. So, and I had, I asked her, I said, you know, well, have you heard of Ruth? Have you heard of Esther? Have you heard, you know, I mentioned these different women and she said, yeah, I mean, I've heard of them, but we don't spend the same amount of time talking about them like we do boys. So I said, okay, I got to teach her about these awesome women. If she's not going to learn about it in church, sadly, I guess I'll teach her about it at home. So I, I Googled books to, to, to try to find one for her. And the only, at the time, only two books came up. And both of those books um, were referring to the women in the Bible as princesses. And there's not necessarily anything wrong with that. If you're, you know, a mom of, of daughters, you know, a lot of daughters are drawn to princesses, but it's not, it's not really accurate. You know, they weren't princesses. They were ordinary people like you and me who did extraordinary things. And so I thought, oh my gosh, that's not, that's not accurate. My daughter doesn't really love princesses. She's more drawn to the heroic, just like I was, you know? And so um, also the other issue that I had with these books is that all of the illustrations were Caucasian. And for me, that was really disheartening because it's not, it's not only completely inaccurate um, because the people in the Middle East are not Caucasian. But on top of that, if these are the only books about women that are going across the world and in our country as well, um, and, and the only thing that people are seeing, these children are seeing are Caucasian people, then we're giving the subtle implication that it's that God uses Caucasians. And so I really struggled with that. And I thought, no, okay, as God put on my heart more and more, I think other kids have the same question about boys being more important than girls, even if they haven't been able to articulate it. So I'm going to write a book and I'm going to have illustrations that are really um, very inclusive to people all over the world and throughout our country. And so um, I ended up writing the first part of my book. It was just the Old Testament women. And, uh, you know, as I'm writing these stories, I'm reading them to my daughter and she is loving it. I mean, absolutely loving these stories. So um, it just gave me more of a drive and a passion to get this out there so that people would know about these courageous, heroic women in the Bible. 
so, you know, I ended up self-publishing the first section, you know, the old, just the old Testament. And that was again, about six years ago. And then, um, during COVID this last year, the Lord had me write the new Testament women. Um, and so I wrote all of their stories as well. And then I got in touch with an editor and that editor connected me with a publisher in New York, um, that wanted to pick up my book. And so they ended up putting both the old and new Testament together, creating one book called she Rose of the Bible. And it has 20 stories. Um, and it's about 26 women in the, both the old and the new Testament. And these women did courageous, heroic things. They, every single one of them experienced fear in some way. And through their fear, they trusted God enough and put their faith in him. And he did miraculous things in their lives. And so I think that I know that kids will be inspired as they read these stories. And then also, you know, as a side note, there's devotion questions at the end of every story that help kids really you know, really put into action and even contemplate and process through what they're reading. And for adults too, there's so many adults that don't know about these women in the Bible. So it's a great thing to do with your kids, boys and girls. I guess I had a Kairos moment when I decided to start this podcast a year ago. Yes. Yes. So tell me about the most surprising thing that you discovered while you were writing these stories. Yeah, for me, um, just even how many heroic women there were, I was surprised by that. Um, you know, as I began venturing out into this, I thought, well, maybe, you know, I'm going to find a few women. I know there's some women, you know, off the top of my head. I had read the whole Bible before. I loved it. I especially passionate about the Old Testament. I don't know why I just love, I love the stories in there. So I knew there was some women, but I had no idea there would be 26. And there's a lot more women mentioned in the Bible, but not all of the women in the Bible did heroic things. And these women really did heroic things. And so, yeah, the fact that there were even 26 was incredible. And I had so many adult women say to me when I was writing this, they said, thank you for writing this book because there's no women in the Bible. And I said, well, I can't write a book if there's no women in the Bible. Um, there are. And so the thing that has been really surprising to people and to myself is how many people as well as myself didn't realize that, you know, how many incredible um, women there are in the Bible that we can look up to and that can be um, heroes to us. What's the, your most favorite story that you wrote about that people might not have heard about? Yeah, one of, one of my favorite stories that I don't think a lot of people have heard about is um, the story of Shifra and Pua. And they were actually all the way back in the book of Exodus. And they were midwives in Egypt when the Pharaoh was ruling over the Israelites. So all the Israelites were slaves um, to the Egyptians. And these women, these um, two women, Shifra and Pua, they oversaw a bunch of midwives. And the Pharaoh commanded them. He said, you have to kill every newborn baby Israelite boy because I don't want them rising up and creating an army that's going to defeat us. So you need to kill all these boys before they can become men. And these 
the Bible says that these two women, Shifra and Pua, feared God more than they feared the Pharaoh. And so they made the courageous decision to gather other midwives and make sure that not only did the babies not die during childbirth, but that they had successful deliveries, that these babies were born healthy. And then the mothers would have to obviously hide their babies on their own. And one of the babies that was saved was Moses. And Moses is the one who, you know, you may have heard of that parted the Red Sea and, you know, really was ultimately the one to deliver the, the Israelites out of Pharaoh's hands and they got to get to their promised land. So if it hadn't been for Shifra and Pua and their courage um, to, cause they could have been killed um, by the Pharaoh easily, but God in his grace made it so that it wasn't found out. They, they actually ended up having, you know, God gave them wisdom on how to respond to the Pharaoh when he says, how come there's so many babies being born still? And they, in, in God's wisdom said, well, these, these Israelite women are just so strong that the babies are born before we ever get there. And so he never figured it out that these, that they had a plan to save these babies. So, yeah, I love that story because it's one that is, is easily missed. Your book talks about women who conquer their fears by trusting in God. So how can we apply the lessons that they teach us? to our lives today? Yeah, I think every, I think everyone can relate in some way or another to fear and to experiencing fear in their lives, whether it's fear of what other people think, or it's fear of making a mistake. Every single one of these women experienced fear and it was very different for each one of them. You know, you have, like I said, Shifren Pua who could have been killed. So they, they were fearful for their lives, but then you have somebody like Hannah who she was unable to have a child and, you know, she, but she said, God, if you give me a child, I will surrender him to you and he, and you, he can be yours all the days of his life, but just let me have a son. And so, you know, she was really fearful that she would never have any children, but God blessed her with a son named Samuel. And so she honored what she had said she would do. She gave him back to God. Um, she brought him to the temple and allowed him to be raised by the priests in the temple. And because of her sacrifice, because of what she did, and she still got to visit him. That's the thing I had never realized is, you know, she, she ended up raising him till he was around a toddler, you know, two, three years old. And so she knew his personality, you know, she just fell in love with this little boy, but then she had to give him to to the temple and trust, trust um, him to the Lord. But she got to visit him every year and see him and, and, and he grew up knowing her as his mama. But the awesome thing is, is that as she surrendered him to God, the Lord gave her another five kids after that. And so she was blessed with, as she trusted him, God did miraculous things in her life. And so, you know, that's another area of, of trusting God with our fears. Another gal that I love um, is from the New Testament is Mary Magdalene. And she was um, really bound by fear. I mean, the Bible says she was possessed by seven demons and we don't know what those were, but basically, you know, she was tormented and in every way and, you know, probably made fun of by people rejected. 
but Jesus, when he approached her and healed her, she chose to leave everything behind and follow him. And it says that she even gave her own money to help provide food and places for the disciples to stay. She became a faithful disciple of the Lord of Jesus. And she, um, you know, she, I believe told everybody about what Jesus had done for her. And she was one of the first people, she was the first person to see him raised from the dead and God, that was Jesus's way of honoring her for the sacrifices that she made for him. So there's different ways that these people experience fear. And I think we can all relate to that. Um, you know, for me, I actually experienced abuse when I was a child and, um, you know, ex experienced some pretty, pretty difficult things when I was around four to six years old. Um, and it was, it was uh, sexual abuse, mental abuse, you know, physical abuse by a, an extended family member. And so for me, that really was the foundation of where fear started in my life. And, um, and so I really had fear of it happening again, uh, you know, of, of that abuse occurring again. And so I just really didn't trust anybody. And I pushed everybody away, even my family. And, um, and so for, for me, the Lord really made himself known to me, even from the time I was young. And he came to me in dreams. He spoke to me really through books that I read. I don't know if, you know, any of you have ever read the Chronicles of Narnia by C.S. Lewis, but C.S. Lewis wrote that book um, and had the character of Aslan. He is the lion in the book. And he had him in there to, to show us what Jesus was like. You know, he was a portrayal of Jesus. So I experienced Jesus through that book. And, um, and so for me, I ended up being able to pray through and work through that fear with people in a congregation that I uh, got to be a part of in college. Um, they they got to know my whole story and they knew me and they loved me, um, right where I was. And that was incredibly healing. Um, and so I kind of relate to Mary Magdalene in that way, because I felt like I was full of shame and full of anger and full of fear, but literally just experiencing Jesus and his love brought freedom and healing to my heart. And then when my husband came along, that was just a whole nother level of understanding the Lord's love for me being fully known and fully loved. So I would say for me, I have experienced that fear in my life and that's how it played out was through trauma. But for other people, it could be through the death of a loved one, that there's fear of losing somebody else that you love. Um, it could have been from you know, harsh words that were spoken over you when you were young or, you know, where you were called stupid or called, um, you know, bullied by others and called horrible names. And you've, and, and those, those words have stuck on you and it's caused, you know, a fear of being able to fully be you because of fear of what other people may be thinking. And so in those times, it's, it's recognizing that, and maybe this is your Kairos moment right now for those listening that, Hey, I have, I do have fear in my life. And I need God to, to remove that fear and to heal my heart. One of the things that I had a friend and this really stuck with, stuck with me. Um, I had a friend who she was actually going through addiction. And so she was getting freedom from addiction and meeting with a counselor and her counselor asked her a question that struck her. And she told me about it and I'll never forget it. Her counselor said to her, he asked her, what's on the other side of fear? And she said, I don't know. 
And he said, everything you've ever wanted, everything you've ever desired, everything that God has for you is on the other side of fear, that bully fear. And that struck me because I, I thought, oh my gosh, I think we can all relate to that, that fear that wants to be a bully to stop us from fully moving in the things that God has for us. So how do we get to the other side? How do we get to the other side of fear? It's by first asking God, what are you saying to me? And what am I going to do about it? Because that is scary. Like in and as in and of itself, for me, even starting to write these stories for this book was terrifying because I felt incredibly vulnerable putting my heart on these pages. But God just said, trust me one day at a time. At first, it was just one story after each story. Then it was working with an illustrator. Then it was having to tell people about it and going on podcasts and speaking at women's events and children's events and, and telling people about these women. And so it's your daily yes that crushes fear. Your daily yes to Jesus and what he is asking you to trust him with. That is where your breakthrough will come. Well, I was looking at your bio and you also are passionate about women and children that have been trafficked. Tell us about that passion and why you're so passionate about it. Oh, goodness. Yes, I am incredibly passionate about that. Um, so for me, part of the abuse that I experienced, uh, it, you know, it was ritual abuse. So it was satanic ritual abuse. And I, I was taken in the middle of the night um, to a different location. Um, and so in many ways, I was kidnapped. And though I was brought back, I didn't know if I would be brought back. You know, it's that terror of, you know, is, am I going to be returned home and all the horrible things that I saw and experienced. And so my parents were asleep in another room. They had no idea. And so it was a very secretive thing. And I have a twin sister and uh, we both went through that together. Um, and so for me, I have a huge passion. I, I very much relate to women and children who have been trafficked. And luckily I was raised in a wonderful, like solid home, but I just happened to experience that abuse a few times when we would visit these extended relatives. And so, um, and my family had no idea, you know, and it was just a really, uh, really challenging time. So for me, now that my book is out, I've contacted many um, trafficking organizations, you know, anti-trafficking organizations that help women and children who've gone through it. And I've said, hey, I've got this book as a resource for your women and your children who I believe would be really encouraged by this because anything that teaches these kids that... God is bigger than their fears is healing that God is bigger than the enemy is healing. And for me, that was one of my biggest, um, revelations in my healing was that Jesus was with me through it all. And that as much as the enemy wanted to make himself seem huge and big and puffed up, um, he was never stronger than Jesus. And we will never fully understand why these 
really horrible things happen on this earth and why, why is, why does that happen? And why is it allowed? But I can tell you that Jesus was with me through it all. And the thing that was healing for me is to know that he is not afraid to, to enter the mess. He is not afraid to come into the traumatic and to walk with us in the darkest of places, darkest of things going on in our heart, darkest of things going on in our lives. He is with us through absolutely all of it. Um, and so I want these girls, these kids and these women who've been trafficked to know that Jesus was with them and that there is healing on the other side. So that's something I'm incredibly passionate about. So if there's anyone listening, that's a part of an anti-trafficking organization. Um, I would love to partner in any way possible. And, um, you can contact me on my website, laurenlnelson.com, or you can email me at sheroesofthebible at gmail.com. I would love to talk with you. So tell us about any current or upcoming projects that you're working on that people need to know about. Yeah, I actually, so, you know, I have a passion to teach kids and everyone about um, women who've overcome trauma and overcome hard things. And so I actually have two books in the works right now. One would be within the same, you know, series of sheroes of the Bible, but it would be about the Christian heroes, Christian sheroes of the faith, women who um, really got into the just had difficult times and experienced Jesus through it. Like Corey Ten Boom, who lived during the Holocaust and she hid Jews in her home in Holland and ended up going to a concentration camp and experienced a lot of death around her, but she, her life was saved. And she ended up when she got out, um, she told the world about Jesus and his love and the power of forgiveness and so her story, you know, though many have heard of it, it just continues to need to be told to the younger generations. Um, and then people like Mother Teresa and so many amazing, Harriet Tubman, I mean, so many amazing women who did uh, heroic things. And so that's one of the books that I am currently working on. It may be a little while before it comes out. Um, I'm also working on a book that's about my own story um, and what I experienced, but also how, um, how that can apply to others and help them process through healing as well. So it won't just be about me and my story, but it will hopefully encourage and empower those who read it to know who God is in their lives and that he is stronger than the enemy. And that he always gets the victory. So go ahead and give out your contact information you gave out your website, okay. give, it, give out your social media and where people can get your books. Great. Yeah. So um, right now my book is available on my website. Um, it is not officially out yet until December in bookstores. So December 7th, you'll see it everywhere. Um, everywhere books are sold. Um, but for now it's on my website. So Lauren, L-A-U-R-E-N, and then the letter L, Nelson, N-E-L-S-O-N.com. And, um, I love to do a little personal ins inscription in each book, and then you get a bookmark. Um, so books are 20 and then shipping is $3. I, you know, it costs more than that to ship, but I try to make it as cheap as I can. Um, cause I know 
it's costly, but um, yeah, so that's where you can purchase books. Um, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at She Rose of the Bible. Um, and She Rose is spelled just like heroes with an O-E-S. So S-H-E-R-O-E-S of the Bible. So yeah, and I would love to hear from you if you know if you've been encouraged by this podcast or you have any questions, feel free to you know message me on there. Go ahead and close it out with some final thoughts for us all tonight. Yeah. Um, well, I just want to again just say thanks for taking the time to listen and to to hear this. Um, I hope you're encouraged. And again, I would encourage you to just if you struggle with fear in any way um, that you would just ask yourself those two questions to get to that other side of fear, just say, God, what are you asking me to do? And what am I going to do about it? And it's all about taking action because I could have listened to that question that my daughter said, which I would have done if I hadn't been learning about Kairos moments, I could have, I could have listened to what she said her question, and then thought, that's a great question, and then not done anything about it. But the Lord, because he was teaching me how to listen and act, I, I acted, and now this book has gone all over the world. Uh, lots of missionaries have hold of it um, and such. So it, because my daughter asked me that question and because um, of taking action, so I would encourage you that whatever it is that God's speaking to your heart, take note of it. And say, what are you what are you asking me to do and what am I going to do about it? Ladies and gentlemen, laurenlnelson.com. I would also like to ask you as a listener to follow, rate, review, and share this episode to as many people as possible, especially people that you know that are having issues with fear, because Lauren has a great message on how to overcome it. I also would like Android listeners to go to the Google Play Store and download the Living the Dream with Curveball podcast app. Lauren, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. For more information on the Living the Dream podcast, visit www.djcurveball.com. Until next time, stay focused on living the dream. dream.